It's an honor to have this discussion with you. Men today, we want to discuss the, the subject of salvation by faith alone. We want to give first and foremost praise and honor to the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, revealed by Jesus the Messiah to be the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, in Matthew 28, 19, and onward. I declare that I believe that the Most High God and Creator of all things is revealed in the three distinct persons, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who gave his life for us, and the Holy Spirit who indwells us and makes us new. We believe today that salvation for all mankind is by faith alone in Jesus alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. There are seven foundations of our belief system when it comes to salvation by faith. This is standard Protestantism. We believe in the necessity of faith, the gift of faith, the coming of faith, the composition of faith, the living faith, the gospel of faith, and the result of faith. I'll go through them briefly with you right now. The necessity of faith is Hebrews 11.6. So whenever we bring up Old Testament characters and say they had to keep the law, they had to do this, we can go right to Hebrews and learn how they did it. By faith, by faith, by faith. Hebrews 11:6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So there can be no good work of the law done unless there is first faith. And so faith gives us the interest way to both covenants, in the Old Covenant and in the New Covenant, the law of Moses given to Moses on Mount Sinai, 613 commands, and the law of Christ given to Jesus Christ in fulfillment of the law of Moses into the New Testament with his apostles, as he had promised that he would do in uh, John chapter 16, giving them the word. Uh, the gift of faith, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, we have to listen to this. For it is by grace are ye saved through faith, it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Faith and salvation is the gift of God. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And this is where we get confused a lot in, in discussing with you. We hope we don't get lost in these weeds. We believe in keeping the law of Christ. There are commands to keep. But the entrance way is through faith. That's how we're first saved, made a new creation. Then we can keep the laws that God gives us in the new covenant. That's why it says you're saved by grace through faith. And then to be a good work, the workmanship of God that's made a workmanship to do the good works prepared in advance for you. Because God worked on me, now I can do the works he has for me. And uh, number three, the coming of faith. Romans 10, 17 says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we hear that from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the Revelation, the people of God have the faith to do the things of God when they hear the word of God. Whether it was God speaking to Adam, to Noah, Abraham, Moses, etc. comes by his word. Uh, number four, the composition of faith. Hebrews 11 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it was never the law. It was never commands. It was always trusting in God. Pistis, their faith, as we interpret it, is the trust to have in God and his character and who he is. Uh, the living faith, we don't believe that faith is inactive. So if you bring up James to us and say that uh, you, you're not justified by faith alone, or does this kind of faith save you in those passages of chapter 2, we follow James all the way to his end thought in James 2.26 where it says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Living faith obeys. Living faith does what God commands, it, uh, commands us to do. So we'll see that from the beginning to the end, but it's through faith through nothing we do that gives us the ability uh, to do the commands. God changes our hearts through the faith that we have in Him. It's not do the good works and then your hearts change and then you do more good works. It's have faith, surrender, say, I can't save myself, God. I can't see how I could ever do this. It's impossible, as He said to the man who said, what must I do to be saved? God said, it's impossible. And then through the faith that saves us, 
Faith is a living and active faith. Number six, the gospel and faith. Romans 16, uh, 1, 16 and 17 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by the law of Moses. No, by faith. We live by faith to do those things. And what is the gospel? The gospel is the fulfillment of the law and prophets. And then lastly, the result of faith, Romans 10, 9, is a now salvation of the body, of a now salvation of the soul with the hope of the salvation of the body. So that's why we believe in a resurrection. So any future salvation you mention, we're going to say amen to, but we believe in a present day salvation of the soul. There, uh, there uh, excuse me, Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. And then in Romans uh, 10, 13, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Present tense. Okay, so now we're going to have a one-minute response by COI, followed by a question asked to Metro Praise, and then you all will have five minutes to respond to that. We never said that you have to have the law first before you have faith. Because of the faith, you keep the law. So I don't know where you came up with that. But the question I have for you, if you can get salvation just by faith, what's the difference between a sinner and a saint? Yeah, that's good. Well, uh, I think it's covered in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. It says that if you have the true faith, which is the gift of the Holy Spirit, that faith transforms you and makes you a good tree, a good tree that bears good fruit. So the good fruits become the necessary sign that you have been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, which you receive as a gift. Because he quoted Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. It goes, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. And then verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to good works, to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So according to the Bible, the faith which is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the faith that truly justifies you and saves you, results in a transformed life. A transformed life empowered by the Spirit to bear good fruits. In fact, let's go to Matthew 12 and read verse 33. I hate to interrupt, but he didn't. He asked a simple question. No, and I'm answering you, but I thought I had five minutes to respond. That was fine. Okay. Yeah. Well, the simple question is, that's the difference. If you are a sinner and you don't have the faith that justifies you, then there's no transformation in your life. You won't bear good fruits. What's the sin? Well, it's very easy. A sinner is someone who breaks the law. Which law? The law of Christ, as defined, articulated by Christ and his apostles in the 27 books of the New Testament. You want to follow up another question? Go ahead. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause it really quick. We're not going to have any, any cutoffs or anything of that sort because they're not going to be allowed to do that to us. It's the same way as we're not going to be able to do that to them. So you have five minutes to be able to respond fully. Three, I don't three, mind if he wants to interact. I, 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 I got that. I got that. We, we can be able to do that, though. One thing, though, I want to make sure, if you can, on your page, I just may, I just ask the question. I'm trying to make sure everybody sure. online can hear. Uh, I don't know. Can you hear, by the way? I don't know if they can. I'm not sure. Sorry. I'm just trying to make sure. If we can't, yes. If we can't, can we use the microphone just to make sure they can the time for you all. You have three minutes and 49 seconds. Keep in mind, we're streaming on the, the old equipment as well. So, just for the face. Yes, Oh, is it working? Oh, I have no idea how it's working. Put it up to Yeah, pull it up to you, Sam. It should be. Strangers in the night. I don't think it should be. Whenever you're ready, Sam. Okay, so I'm on my mic, right? 
Okay, Matthew 12, 33, to follow up where I left off, that the difference between a saint and a sinner is that someone who truly has faith produced by the Spirit, and that faith is placed in Jesus Christ. The Spirit, 26, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. By faith and keeping the law? No, faith. By faith in me, right? Now, what role does good deeds play? Continue all the way to 20. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Notice, the works you do are the evidence you've truly repented and turned to Christ in faith. And it's that faith and faith alone that makes a sinner into a saint. And that's the message of the entire New Testament. But since we're in the book of Acts, and I assume I have one more minute? Yeah. Okay, go to Acts. Seconds. I'm in? One minute and 20 okay. seconds. Acts 13, 38 to 39. So any book you quote, if you read it in context, will affirm our position, because our position is derived from Scripture. I mean, try not to read into it the traditions of men. Acts 13, 38 to 39. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye cannot be justified by the law of Moses. By faith and the deeds of the law, or by faith in Christ, apart from faith the law of Moses. In Christ. Now I want you to read Acts 10.43, where Peter says to Cornelius, the first Gentile convert to the faith. Acts 10.43. To him give all the prophets witness, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. No, 30 seconds. Okay, well, 30 seconds, Acts 15, 9, 11, where it says that he purified our hearts by faith and were saved by the grace of Jesus. Not the grace of Jesus, by faith in him and the works of the law. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? And we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. And so think of it like this. What does my child do first? Get born or learn arithmetic? They get born. What do we do first? We get born again, then we learn commands. Well, that's going to help five-minute rebuttal by uh, Church Israel. First of all, let me just start off saying that just by mentioning the scripture don't mean that you believe in what the scripture said. Because you've just done the oldest trick in the book, which is what Satan did with Eve. He came to Eve and said, God has not told you what you need to know. I'm telling you that you should not surely die. That's the first line of the Bible. You just told the people here that he, uh, the James second chapter doesn't apply to you. Let's go to James second chapter and see what exactly it says. And then, then see, did you twist it with your understanding saying it doesn't apply to you, that faith, you all you need is faith. Read verse 24 first. Go ahead. You see then how that by works a man is justified mm -hmm. and not by faith only? That's clear. So the bottom line is, you are you, you, are, you just cannot have faith alone. The bottom line is, that's what uh, Satan did. Oldest book in the trick, oldest trick in the book, to tell you that you don't he, you don't believe what he wants you to believe. The Lord said, do not give the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that day, very day you surely die. We are dying to this day. He Satan told Eve, you shall not surely die. First line of the book. But let me show you how that trick was came about. Let's go to uh, let's go to let's go to John the eighth chapter. John eight. 
because when people start twisting the scripture saying that's not what it says and that's not what we mean, then you're twisting the, the, the scriptures the way Satan did. John 8 and verse 44. Go ahead. Ye are of your father the devil, uh -huh. and the lust of your father ye will do. Uh -huh. He was a murderer from the beginning, mm -hmm. and abode not in the truth, uh -huh. because there is no truth in him. Mm -hmm. When he speaketh the lie, uh -huh. he speaketh of his own, mm -hmm. for he is a liar mm -hmm. and the father of Because that is a lie if faith is faith is our works is dead. I mean it's not dead. He told you that specifically. Now go back to James and pick it up at verse at verse 12 this time. James 2. And verse 12. So, and the word context, you need to study that word because you you making that seem like the Bible don't say what it's saying. James 2 and verse 12. So speak ye and so do. Uh -huh. As they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. By what law? Of liberty. Right? So if you say you got to keep the commandments, the commandments are in the Bible. The only thing that was nailed to the cross was sacrificial law. And we'll get to that later. But the bottom line is, skip down to verse 14. Go ahead. What doth it profit, my brethren? Mm -hmm. Though a man say that he have faith mm -hmm. and have not works, uh -huh. can faith save him? Nope. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of mm -hmm. daily food, uh -huh. and one of you say unto them, mm -hmm. Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, mm -hmm. notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, uh -huh. what doth it profit? Mm -hmm. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. That's clear. So just by mentioning those scriptures don't mean that faith, you can just go by faith alone. That is ridiculous. But now, let's go, let's go here. Let's go to Revelation 14, chapter. Revelation 14. And we're going to pick it up in verse 12. Revelation 14 and verse 12. Go ahead. Here is the patience of the saints. Saints, go ahead. Here are they that keep the commandments of God uh -huh. and the faith of Jesus. Wait a minute now. They keep the commandments and the faith? That's the works. So let me introduce you to St. Drell, St. Marcus, and St. Marlon. You cannot call yourself a saint if you don't keep the commandments of God. Because of your faith and because of your belief and your fear of God, that's why you keep his commandments. And you don't break it. Now, let me show you what the definition of sin is. Let's go to 1 John, third chapter. Apparently, people not reading their Bible, not even in context. So, 1 John 3. And we're going to read one verse here, verse 4. Whosoever committed sin uh -huh. transgresseth also the law. Mm -hmm. For sin is the transgression of the law. So if you break the law, you're going to be judged by breaking that law. But if you are a faithful servant, you're going to walk in the law. It's just that simple. Now, let's, let's, let's go to, uh, let's go to, um, let's go to uh, Acts 10 chapter. Acts 10 chapter. And we're going to pick up in verse 34. Acts 10 and verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, uh -huh. Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, mm -hmm. but in every nation he that feareth him uh -huh. and worketh righteousness. Worketh what? Righteousness. What is righteousness? One that keeps the law is not a sinner. But what do we say about the other one? Is accepted with him. Uh -huh. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, mm -hmm. preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now, how long have we had this law? Since the beginning, right? But has the law changed? No. Let's go to Luke the first chapter. Let me show you something. We actually got time right now. Metro Praise, you all had the opportunity to be able to rebut every every argument that was being brought by COI. You have five minutes. Okay, all right. I thought I made it clear that the true faith that saves results in good works. So nothing you said refuted our position. Because we believe if you truly have faith that saves, you will do good works. 
That's why we emphasize Ephesians 2.10. So by citing passages that say faith and works are necessary, but none of those passages say necessary for salvation, you even misinterpreted James chapter 2, verse 24, because you assume that the word justified in the King James Bible has one meaning. The word justified has a variety of meanings depending on the context. For example, get your Strong's concordance, don't take my word for it, Justified can mean to declare righteous, to make righteous, to vindicate and prove. If you take the same definition for justified in every passage, you have problems. Because in Luke 7.35, it says that wisdom is justified by all her children. How do children justify the wisdom of God? Do the children make wisdom righteous, declare righteous? Or is it talking about that wisdom is vindicated, proven to be right, by the way her children implement it. So here's an example where the word justified doesn't have the same meaning that it does in the letters of Paul. Another example of how the word justified is used in a different sense from the way Paul uses it is Luke 7, 29. So if you're going to follow one definition for the word justified, you're going to create contradictions in your interpretation of the Bible when none exists. In Luke 7, 29, how is the word justified used there in the context of tax collectors agreeing to be baptized with the baptism of John. Read that about for me. And all, and all the people that heard it, and the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. So you mean tax collectors, publicans justified God in the same way that Paul uses it? So they made God righteous? They declared God righteous? Or does it say that they agreed that God's will for them was right? So here you have the word justified used in a different sense than the way Paul uses it. So if you want to know how James is using it, he's not using it in the sense that your deeds make you righteous or declare you righteous before God. In the context, he's talking about demonstrating you have true faith to your fellow man. That's James 2.18, which is convenient. You go to James 2.12, 2.14, but you conveniently forgot verse 18. James 2.18, let's see what the context of James is in the very chapter that you pulled verses out, but for some reason verse 18 didn't come up in your exegesis of James chapter 2. James 2.18, read out loud for me. Yeah, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. Show me. That's the chapter. Show me, O oh brother, that you have the faith that pleases God. Well, you can't show me by your words. You're going to have to show me by your deeds. So the context is justification in the sense of demonstrating, proving you have faith that saves. And to demonstrate and prove and vindicate that you have faith that saves, you need works. That's exactly what Paul said in Acts 26, 18. Paul's context and use of justification is different. He's talking about justification before God, not before men. How do we know? Galatians 3.11. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So there you go. When Paul talks about a justification before God, it's faith and faith alone. So I'm going to challenge you. Show me in the book of James that when he uses justified, he's talking about being righteous in the sight of God by your faith and deeds. That's not the context. The context is demonstrate, prove, and vindicate you have a faith that pleases God to your fellow man. And you do that by your deeds because your fellow man does not have access to your heart. And you're talking about quoting things out of context? You conveniently quoted Acts 10, 34, 36, but then forgot to read Acts 10, 43, which I mentioned in my opening statement, that St. Peter goes on to say to Cornelius, it is faith plus nothing that receives results in the forgiveness of sins. Acts 10, 43. Read it for me. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive the remission of sins. Now here's the time where Peter should have said, your faith and the deeds of the law will result in forgiveness of sins. 
But conveniently, you forgot to mention that if your gospel is the gospel of Peter. But I'm telling you, it's not. It's a different gospel. The same Peter went on to say in Acts 15, verses 9 to 11, it's not the law. That's the context of Acts 15. Read it. Verses 1 to 6, there were Judaizers who were telling the Gentiles that trusting in Christ alone is not enough. You have to keep the law for salvation. And Paul and Barnabas said, no way. Now, did Peter agree with Paul and with us or with you and the Judaizers? Acts 15, verses 9 to 11. And put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Not faith in the works of the law? Not faith. Which is the context, by the way? The law of Moses and the role it plays in salvation. What role does it play according to Peter? None. Keep going till heaven. Now therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Right, we time. Time. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have an opening statement by COI. And of course, that's going to be followed by a question that's going to be asked by Metro Praise. And of course, we're going to do the same format in which we did at the beginning. So COI, you have five minutes. Okay. We're going to start off with Revelation 22nd chapter. And we're going to answer all that, all those uh, responses through our opening because, uh, like I said, we're just going to point out you have to have works of the law in order to get salvation. It's just bottom line for you. Revelation 22 and verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Now, where are we going to get our reward when the Lord comes? Go ahead. To give every man according as his work shall be. According to his what? His right. works. Because you can believe, but if you don't have no works in the law, then you are not going to get no reward. He's going to tell you who's going to be with outside the king. Okay, go ahead. I am Alpha and Omega, uh -huh. the beginning and the end, mm -hmm. the first and the last. Mm -hmm. Blessed are they that do his commandments. What? Blessed are they that do what? His commandments. Now, do you know what commandment they brought up is the Sabbath day? Mm -hmm. We'll get to that too. Because mm -hmm. bottom line is, they are in the tent. Bottom line. Okay, go ahead. That they may have right to the tree of life. What is the tree of life? Jesus, right? Okay, go ahead. And may enter in through the gates into the city. Uh -huh. But without a dog, uh -huh. and sorcerers, mm -hmm. and whoremongers, mm -hmm. and murderers, mm -hmm. and idolaters. Uh -huh. And whosoever loveth them make it the lie. So those liars, idolaters, and believe me, a cross is not a symbol of Christ. Y'all got crosses on your chest? That is not a symbol of Christ. A cross is a charm. But now, let's go to the next group. Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. Romans 1. And we're going to pick it up at verse 1. Because when Paul was talking to his Corinthians, he, he, he was letting them know that he has a sorrow for his own people. Okay? Romans 10 and verse 1. Go ahead. Brother, uh -huh. my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is mm -hmm. that they might be saved. Might be saved might, or might, can't be saved. Might, might be saved because we are saved by hope. We hope to get salvation at the coming of the Lord because his reward is with him. Okay, go ahead. For I bear the record that they have a zeal of God, uh -huh. but not according to knowledge. Uh -huh. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness mm -hmm. and going about to establish their own righteousness. That's what some people do. They go and pick and choose their own laws that they want to keep and not keep all the commandments of God. Okay? We know the sacrificial law, but the commandments are still good. Okay, go ahead. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Uh -huh. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Now, what law is he the end of? The sacrificial law. To everyone that believes, that means you got faith. Okay, go ahead. But Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. Uh -huh. That the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But Moses described the righteousness of the law that you're supposed to live in? Yes. Where did he get those commandments from? We're going to find that out too. But let's go to Deuteronomy, the first chapter right there. Deuteronomy 4, because I don't want nobody to come up here and say, well, y'all following the Mosaic law. We're going to see who gave, gave Moses the law. Deuteronomy 4 and verse 1. 
Now therefore hearken, O Israel, uh -huh. unto the statutes and unto the judgments, mm -hmm. which I teach you, uh -huh. but to do them, mm -hmm. that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God your fathers giveth you. Uh -huh. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, uh -huh. neither shall ye diminish aught from it, uh -huh. that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Keep the commandments of who? The Lord, Lord your God. Not no mosaic law. But now, let's go to Psalm 119 chapter. Let me show you something here. Psalm 119. And we're going to pick it up at verse 155. Psalm 119 and 155. Salvation is far from the wicked. Now, what's a wicked person? That's a sinner, ain't it? That's a sinner. So it says salvation is far from the wicked. Go ahead. For they seek not thy statutes. Seek not thy what? Statutes. Come on now. You've got to keep the law. You've got to have faith and fear the Lord in order to be get salvation. And you're not getting it until the Lord comes. You tell somebody to say, now, that is a lie. Okay? Now, let's go to Romans, the third chapter. Romans 3. You went there, but you didn't, you didn't finish reading that, too, because you took that in the wrong direction as well. Romans 3 and verse 29. Go ahead. Is he the God of the Jews only? Mm -hmm. Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, yes of the Gentiles also. Uh -huh. Seeing it is one God, mm -hmm. which shall justify the circumcision by faith uh -huh. and uncircumcision through faith. Now, he justify everybody through faith, right? The Gentiles and Israel. Go ahead. Do we then make void the law through faith? Do we make void the law through faith? Come God, on now. God forbid. What we do? God forbid. And what do we do? Yeah, we establish the law. Right. Actually, it's that. <laughs> now, let's go to Luke 16, chapter. Luke 16. And we're going to pick it up at verse 15. Luke 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, uh -huh. Ye are they which justify yourselves okay, before men. You take the word justification. You justify yourself. You pick and choose what you want to follow, and you try to twist words up and down, but you justify yourself. Let's see what you justify yourself into. Go ahead. Justify yourselves before men. Uh -huh. But God knoweth your heart. Uh -huh. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Ain't that something? Time. Time. And Metro Praise is going to have oh. one minute to respond along with the question that will be followed. So it seems like we're talking past each other up there until the end, and I just want to really hit on this. We can talk about the law of Moses. You always have a question. Yeah, no, I thought you said you were going to mention this. Can I start over again with my train of thought, please? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. So we're talking past each other. Now we're getting more towards the law of Moses. If you want to have another debate on that, we can. But here's what you said that really stuck out to me. You believe by faith you're establishing the law. That's what I heard you say. But there are 613 laws. Are you establishing all of them? Because the book of Galatians 3 verses 10 through 12 says if you don't keep all of them, you're under the curse of the law. So think of 613 chain links holding you up over hell right now. If one of them break, you're in hell under the curse. So my question to you is, how do you think you're upholding 613 laws? And as I read the passage where it says, therefore no one can be justified or right with God because of this. So I'll read the passage and give you guys a chance to respond. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So the question, the question that you want to ask them is, um, so what is the question now? The question is, how do you establish 613 laws? Because if you don't do them, you come under a curse. Sorry it took so long. It's okay. 
Let me answer the question. The problem is you guys don't understand when... when can I see you? Can you move, please, so I can see? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. The problem is y'all don't understand when Paul is talking about sacrificial law and when he's talking about the royal law. Now, let's go back to Galatians, the third chapter, and pick it up in verse 10. Go ahead. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Uh -huh. For it is written, mm -hmm. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to uh -huh. do them. So now, is he talking about all the law or just... Because if it's, thou shalt uh, love thy neighbor as thyself, is that, a, is that a curse? Is that love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul? Is that a curse? Is thou shalt not commit adultery? Is that a curse? No. He's talking about the sacrificial law. That's what y'all don't understand. Read the next verse. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. Uh -huh. It is evident. Mm -hmm. For the just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. And the law is not of faith. Mm -hmm. But that the, 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 the man that doeth them shall live in them. Now what law is he talking about now you're going to live in? Because you got a law that's a curse, a sacrificial law. Mm -hmm. And the royal law is what the commandments are. Those are what you have to keep. That's how you guys get twisted up. Because you don't know when to discern between sacrificial law and the royal law. Yeah. But let's look at something else. We want to go to uh, Luke, the first chapter. This is Luke 1. And we're going to pick it up in verse 5. Luke 1 and verse 5. It was a curse. How, why, how is it that people could keep? Luke 1 and verse 5. Go ahead. There was in the days of Herod, mm -hmm. the king of Judea, mm -hmm. a certain priest named Zacharias mm -hmm. of the course of Abiah. Uh -huh. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, mm -hmm. and her name was Elizabeth. Uh -huh. And they were both righteous before God, uh -huh. walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, uh -huh. blameless. blameless. So those cursing laws, they was walking in them blameless? I got a problem with somebody saying that those laws are cursed, okay? Because he's talking about sacrificial law and not the royal law. Now, let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter, because you brought that up. Mm -hmm. And let's see what that says. Ephesians 2 and verse 8, because you took it out of context. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. Go ahead. For by grace are ye saved through faith, uh -huh. and that not of yourselves. Mm -hmm. It is the gift of God, uh -huh. not of works. So not, not of what? Not of works. Okay, go ahead. Thus any man should boast. Uh -huh. For we are his workmanship, mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto what? Now we have not of works, but unto good works. Okay, go ahead. Which God hath before ordained mm -hmm. that we should walk in them. Now what was ordained? You missed that part, brother. Make sure that you understand the commandments were given to us in the Old Testament, ordained for us to walk into. How do I know that we just read that in Romans the 10th chapter where it was, uh, there was ordained by Moses that we should walk in them? Now, let's go to Matthew 19 chapter. Matthew 19. And we're going to pick it up in verse 16. Matthew 19 and verse 16. And behold, uh -huh. one came and said unto him, mm -hmm. Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? What kind of life? Eternal life. Okay, go ahead. And he said unto him, uh -huh. Why callest thou me good? Mm -hmm. There's none good but one, that is God. Uh -huh. But if thou wilt enter into life, mm -hmm. keep the commandments. Keep the what? Believe on me. He said, keep the, keep the commandments. And that's part of the faith. Okay, go ahead. He said unto him, mm -hmm. which Jesus said, uh -huh. thou shalt do no murder. Wait, 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 is that a curse of law? No. Mm -hmm. Who's that saying that? The master himself. Okay, go ahead. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Wait a minute. That, where did that come out? The Ten Commandments, right? That's right. Go ahead. Thou shalt not steal. Uh -huh. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Mm -hmm. Honor thy father and thy mother, uh -huh. and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's how you enter life. Keeping the commandments. The only reason he didn't mention the Sabbath day because it had not, it was still the same at that time. People change it nowadays because they say Jesus rose early to Sunday morning and changed it to Sunday. That is a lie. The Sabbath day never changed. Now, let's go to Psalms um, 78 chapter. 
Psalm 78. And we're going to pick it up at verse 5. Psalm 78. Verse 5. For he had established the testimony in Jacob uh -huh. and appointed a law in Israel, mm -hmm. which he commanded our fathers mm -hmm. that they should make them known to their children, uh -huh. that the generation to come might know them, mm -hmm. even the children which should be born, mm -hmm. who should arise and declare them to their children, mm -hmm. that they might set their hope in God. Set their what in their God? hope in God. Go ahead. And not forget the works of God, uh -huh. but keep, keep his, his commandments. commandments. Now, if you hope in God, you believe in God, you have faith in God. And you do what? The works of God, which means keep his commandments. Now, let's go to Matthew 7 chapters. Matthew 7. Because you got a lot of people out here saying, that, well, I do good works, I do this for the people, I do that for the people. And we're going to see what the Lord is going to say to these people that call themselves religious people. Matthew 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, uh -huh. shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Uh -huh. Many will say to me in that day, mm -hmm. Lord, Lord, mm -hmm. have we not prophesied in thy name? They use his name all day long. Go ahead. And in thy time. name have cast time, out devils. Okay. 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 Now we're going to go ahead. Hold on. That's all right. Okay, good. They said, can you uh, speak up just a little bit because they said they couldn't hear you on the live. Okay, now we're going to... No, not you, not you. you. They heard you. They didn't hear Jose. Speak oh, up a little bit, Jose. All right, now we're going to take every chapter you use and turn it against you to show you you misinterpret oh, wow. the scriptures again. Let's start with Matthew 19. <laughs> Conveniently, you again did not finish the words of Jesus Christ, which goes to show you it's not the law that perfects or saves anyone. It's giving up everything to follow Jesus. Bam! Go to Matthew 19, 20 to 21. Every verse, chapter you use, I'm not going to turn against you by the grace of Jesus Christ. Matthew 19, 20, 20. Verse 20. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. That should have been enough according to their gospel, right? No. But now let's see what Jesus says in 21. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Give up everything to follow Jesus to be perfect. So the law perfects no one. To Jesus alone perfects everyone. Praise his holy name. But now it's going to get a little worse. Let's go to 25 and 26. Can man attain salvation by keeping the law? Jesus, your master and mine, says absolutely not. Matthew 19, 25 to 26. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With man this is impossible. No, 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 that's got to be a typo. He said, With man you can do it because the law is not too hard for you to do it. No, he said, With impossible. Man, it's impossible, but all things are possible with God. So then, how does God do the impossible? If you read 27 to 30, when Peter said, We've given up everything to follow you, Jesus says, Because you did that for me, not for me, and the law of Moses, you'll receive a hundredfold and eternal life by giving it all up for me. You again misquoted Matthew 7, 21 and 23, because if you continue reading to 27, what Jesus is talking about, those who keep his words, not the law of Moses. So why did you stop at 23? Why didn't you read 24 to 27? Let's see what commands a Christian who follows Jesus is supposed to keep, not for salvation, but as the proof that you're saved because you've given up all for Jesus. 24 to 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them. That's got to be a typo in your translation. It should have said, therefore, whoever heareth the word of Moses, nope. like Sabbath and circumcision, then they're like a man who built his house on a rock. No. Nope. Keep reading. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, 
and do with them not. I think we got the point there, right? Because now I want to go to the end of Matthew 28, 19 and 20, where it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. It's not the law of Moses, it's the commands of Christ that a true follower follows. And insofar as Christ binds you to the law of Moses, that becomes applicable. Now let's go to Romans 10 and see how again you misquoted that out of context. At first you said that Romans 10 verse 1 is talking about the sacrificial system. Let's see if you're right. Romans 10, read the first four verses. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. That's exactly what Paul meant in Romans 3, 30 to 31. He says we maintain the law because if you read Paul in context, the goal of the law was to show you your utter inability to live God's law to God's satisfaction, making you realize your need of a Savior. Once you realize it, then you will fulfill the law. Because the law points you to the one who by faith justifies you from everything that the law could not justify you. That's what he goes on to say in 5 to 9. Let's read in context, fellas. 5 to 9. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. I will give them a million bucks to show me in the context of that passage that Moses was talking about doing the sacrificial system and not the entire law. I got him, and, and I'm so confident that I'll win, I don't have even a million pennies. But show me where when it's quoted, yeah, it's not about the sacrifice on the front of Now let's read and see, do you, do you get justified by keeping law or by faith? Keep reading. But the righteous which is of faith speaketh on the wise. Which is a what? The righteousness that faith. comes by what? Faith. But here it should have said faith and the law of Moses minus the sacrificial system. Let's read faith. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Then what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. And what is the it? Word, the word of faith. That's right. Word of faith. So just so we're clear again, I want to be able to remind everybody, when it comes down to it, we don't want to have any interruptions, interruptions. or what have you. We have interruptions. No, no, no. We, we, I, I got you. 7 times 70. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with that being said, though, so now we're going to have an opening statement being done by Metro Praise. In the same format, which was just done, it's going to be vice versa, which is going to be done with then. COI is going to, uh, no need for the microphone, so you, you're good. You're good. COI is going to have a one minute rebut, followed by a question, and then, of course, it's going to be the same format. Okay? So, uh, so Metro Praise is going to have an opening statement, and then from there, I actually have a question that I need to ask after everyone goes through within, within the layout. So what I want to do is reiterate what we've been saying. We're saved by faith through the grace of God to then do the good works. A child is first born, then does the, the work of a child. You are made the workmanship of God to do the good works. You are the vine engrafted into the branch to bear forth the fruit. What you gentlemen keep saying is that you have faith and you have works. We agree with that, but it's what makes a person saved and righteous is where we disagree. We're saying faith is what saves, works is what shows the salvation. If you think they can go together and then one day be saved on Judgment Day, 
you're missing the context. What I'm going to do for my uh, four and a half minutes here is just go through one text, just to work through it, Romans 4, 1 and onward. I could go to the Galatians 3, but let's just go with Romans 1, uh, Romans 4, 1 and onward. What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? What did Abraham found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. So when did Abraham get righteousness? Did he get it when he followed works of the law and had faith? No, he got it when he believed, then he did the works. Did he get circumcised with faith, then get declared righteous? See, he had faith first, and then it was counted to him for righteousness. So the debate is, are we saved by faith alone, or by faith and works of righteousness? This clarifies it. It's faith alone for righteousness, and then works justify it, or show in the sight of God and man that we have truly been saved. Verse 4, now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of death. And if I can see Marlon right here, please. He's talking about revelation coming with rewards. Can I see all three, please? We believe rewards are coming with Christ, but they are rewards that we have by the grace of God in salvation that we've done by the Spirit of God. That's what Ephesians 2.10 is saying. So God working in us, us submitting by faith to it, we get rewarded. That's why no matter how much Old Testament passage you show us of the great things they did, we go to uh, Hebrews 11 to learn how they did it. By faith, Abraham did it. By Noah, Abraham did it. By faith, Noah, uh, uh, Joseph, and Daniel. So it's by faith. So the reward is by faith, by the grace of God in our obedience. And salvation is not, according to this, a reward that we earn. So you can't take credit for it. Even the gift of salvation in the faith of the gift of faith is something God gives us. Now in verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. And this is where I just want to make sure you're understanding this. When we say law of Moses, that's the biblical terminology. Jesus used that terminology. Paul used that. We know it came from God to Moses, but it's a work unto righteousness. Do you see that? The law of Moses is Hagar, Mount Sinai in Galatians, uh, uh, Mount, uh, uh, the, the, the salvation that God gives is Sarah. That is the new heavenly Jerusalem that Galatians talks about. And so, yes, there are works we do, but they come from faith, and that is the Christian life. That is the discipleship-based life. So when you trust God, you'll have the good works. You'll have that. We have good works, my friends. We keep the law of Christ. There's no uh, antinomianism in us. That, that's the belief you keep coming against. People say they love God, but don't keep the, the laws of God. What you and I are disagreeing over secondarily is what laws should we keep? Let's have another debate on that. But let's answer the question according to the context here. Where does righteousness come from? It can only come from two places according to the scriptures. Works of the law. Whether you want to say it's the works of the law of God, or the law of Moses, or even the law of Christ, or the law of liberty, or the law of love. Does it come from that, or does it come from faith in the finished work of Jesus? Because when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. 
Not just the sacrificial law, but all the laws that were supposed to make you quote-unquote righteous, but you failed at them. That's what Romans 7 goes on to say, is you and I have failed miserably at keeping them. The more you hear them, the more you keep breaking them. Who, in Romans 8, says, will redeem me from this body of death? It's Christ Jesus. Therefore, there's no condemnation from the broken laws that we continually have. And Ephesians promises us that we're saved to do it. So I'm confident God will do it in me because the one who began it will finish His work in me. Amen. 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 Uh, yes, yeah, so now it's going to be where you all have, uh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking yes. it's where they actually have oh, okay. one minute in the question. Oh, so COI is going to actually have one minute to respond shortly, and then it will be followed with the question. Okay. There is a great differential between the two guys that we said here. Number one, number one, okay, number one, the God we serve is the God of this Bible. He is the one that established liberty for us. We talked about that in James 2, right? So let's go back real quickly to Exodus 20 real quick. We just want to pick it up at the very beginning. Exodus 20, and we're going to pick it up at verse 1. Exodus 20 and verse 1. Okay. And God spake all these words, saying, Go ahead. I am the Lord thy God, which mm -hmm. have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, uh -huh. out of the house of bondage. Uh -huh. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay, whoa. So Israel, Israel was in Egypt, and they were in the house of bondage. And then immediately as soon as they come out of bondage, what did he do? He gave them his commandments, right? That is the law of liberty that we're dealing with here, right? So it's not bondage or it's not a curse against them. And let's go ahead and confirm this because this is the one thing that does show yeah, we the sign. We need your question. The question is, all right, what day is your Sabbath day? And do you have a Sabbath day? If you do, show me where it changed from the seventh day, which I can read in this book, to the first day. Please show me that. Okay, now, I want to address that as well as the other passage you've raised. My Sabbath is Jesus, Matthew 11, oh, and Hebrews 4, 1 to 11, because Israel's Sabbath was not the reality. It was a shadow of God's Sabbath day. And I'm sure you gentlemen will agree. That's Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, which you alluded to. In Exodus 31, 12 to 17, it says that Israel's weekly Sabbath and yearly Sabbath was modeled after God's Sabbath. Now, you both, oh, I should say all three of you, sorry. Excuse me. What was the first one you said? You said Matthew. Exodus 20, verse 12. No, no, the well, first one, Matthew said Matthew. Is this Stop his time. time? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Stop his time. Matthew, I'm sorry about that. What was the first one you said? Oh, Matthew 20. 20. Okay, okay, okay. Thank so, you. Okay, so coming back to the issue. If you go to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, you'll see that Israel's weekly Sabbath and yearly Sabbath, they were modeled after God's Sabbath. God's Sabbath began and hasn't ended and won't end until the return of Christ. That's the argument of Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 11. So Hebrews 4 verses 1 to 11 says, By faith we enter the true Sabbath. You want to stay in the shadow? More power to you. We're going to go to the reality, the reality of what the shadow was simply pointing to. We are in God's Sabbath every day of the week by faith wow. in Jesus Christ. Right. That's Hebrews 4 verses 1 to 11. And Matthew 11, 28 to 31 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So Jesus is my Sabbath. You want to keep the shadow? Like I said, more power to you. We want the reality, which is Jesus Christ. Colossians 2, verses 16 to 17. So, okay. Now let me go to Revelation. Let me show you how Revelation actually, again, refutes the argument that you're trying to set forth. You go to Revelation 22, 12 to 14. Go to Revelation 20 and read for me 11 to 15. According to the book of Revelation, are you saved because of the commandments of Christ? Or are you saved and presented before God in His holy presence by the blood of the Lamb 
And it's the blood of the Lamb that makes you worthy to be a kingdom of priests serving God day and night forever. The Revelation 20, verses 11 and 15. And, uh, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it and, and whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. Notice there's two books open. The book, which is the record of the individual and the book of life. If you continue reading this, because in our last discussion, you quoted this to prove that you'll be saved by your merits according to the book. No. The people who go to hell are those whose names are not found in the book of life. Meaning, if God judges you according to your record, you're going to hell guaranteed. So your name has to be in the book of life. Continue reading. Let's see. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Right. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the de and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. Now why didn't they go to heaven? Why did they go to hell? Finish it. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So right there you're told that God were to reward you according to your deeds, according to the books, off to hell you go. So your name better be etched by the blood of the Lamb in the Lamb's book of life. Wow. Otherwise, there's no salvation for you. Amen. This is confirmed in Revelation 1, 5 to 6. So the very book of Revelation again proves it's not your commands, but the blood of the Lamb that saves you and saves you to the uttermost. Revelation 1, 5-6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What, in his own blood and keeping the law, or in his own blood? His own blood. If his blood washes you of your sins, can any man condemn, condemn you? No. And when you stand before God, you have any sins that it will condemn you for, for after you've been washed in the Lamb's blood. No. End of story, but keep going to six. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. keeping and the law made you a kingdom, or He did? He did. Revelation 5, 9 to 10. Revelation 5, 9 to 10. Watch here. Here we go. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on the earth. Does it say his blood and you keeping the commands or his blood alone his, has made you a king to reign with God forever? His blood. Well what about Revelation 12.11? How do you overcome Satan? By keeping the commands or by the blood of the Lamb and being faithful and confessing that blood till you die. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto death. Now if we had time in fact Revelation 7.9 to 17 that's the greatest nightmare because here John sees a great multitude whom no man could count, dressed in white robes, standing before God, and one of the elders says to John, who are these people? Okay. Now we have a five minute rebuttal by two churches. Let me just start this off. Number one, you guys walk over the word works just like it's not even appeared there. Number two, I say you walk over the word works just like it's not even there. You just mentioned it several times in all the scriptures that you laid out there. You said works almost five times in that last in that last dissertation you made. Second to that, you don't use the word sin at all. Sin is not, it's clearly stated in 1 John 3 and 4 that sin is a transgression of the law. So to define sin, you have to break the law, okay? So here's what I'm going to show you here that makes you, that gives a clear indica indication of who the righteous is of God. 
Let's go to Exodus 31 real quick. And we're going to pick this up at verse 12. We're just going to show you, everybody here how to identify the righteous of God. Pick it up at verse 12 when you get there. Exodus 31, verse 12. Go ahead. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying. So this is the Lord talking. Go ahead. Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, uh -huh. saying. And he's always speaking to the children of Israel. This is not to anyone else. Go ahead. Verily my Sabbaths he shall keep. No, no, no. He said Sabbaths with plural there. So we're talking not just once. So Jesus cannot just be your one Sabbath. He's using the word Sabbaths. Go ahead. For it is a sign between me and you. Whoa. It is a sign between God and his people. What is the Sabbath day? Let's not take that out of context. We know that's the seventh day. We know he didn't name no other God, no other day. He just said from the first to the sixth. But he sanctified and blessed this day and set it apart from all others. And this is the one day that is assigned between him and his people. Right. Go ahead. Throughout your generations. Throughout what? Your generations. So every time a child is born, you've got to keep this. Go ahead. That you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Whoa, he sanctifies us. How he sanctifies us? By separating us from the rest of the world. The rest of the world is going the first day of the week. What is the first day on your calendar? Sunday. What is the seventh day on your calendar? Saturday. Go ahead. You shall keep the Sabbath therefore. Uh -huh. For it is holy unto you. Whoa. It is holy unto you. Jesus is holy unto you. Go ahead. Everyone that defileth this shall surely be put to death. Whoa. That's a serious consequence, isn't it? Go ahead. For whosoever doeth any work therein. That soul should be cut off from among his people. So, does the Lord owe the man who was picking up sticks on the Sabbath day an apology? Does he owe the one that he drowned beside, beside Noah an apology? Does he owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology? When the Lord said you do wrong and he kill you, he kills. Go ahead. Six days may work be done. Uh -huh. But in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest. We, see, we did say seventh day here, right? Go ahead. Holy to the Lord. It's holy to who? Go ahead. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, uh -huh. he shall surely be put to death. Death. Go ahead. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath uh -huh. to observe the Sabbath throughout the generations uh -huh. for a perpetual covenant. It is a perpetual uh -huh. covenant between us and our God. Is this Sabbath important to you? You can take over from now. Hebrews the fourth chapter. Because you brought that up. Hebrews yep. four. And we're going to pick it up where you just mentioned off, but we're going to deal with it. Hebrews 4 and verse 1. Let us therefore fear, mm -hmm. lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, mm -hmm. any of you should seem to come short of it. So we're supposed to fear about this day of rest? Because this is at the coming of the Lord. You can't go ahead. For unto us was the gospel preached, mm -hmm. as well as unto them. Uh -huh. But the word preached did not profit them, mm -hmm. not being mixed with faith in them that wait, heard. Wait a minute, it's not mixed with what? Faith. With faith. Because they got the law to keep the Sabbath, and the faithful kept it. Okay, go ahead. For we which have believed do enter into rest, uh -huh. as he said, mm -hmm. as I sworn in my wrath, mm -hmm. if they shall enter into my rest, uh -huh. although the works were finished from mm -hmm. the foundation of the world. Uh -huh. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. Uh -huh. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works, mm -hmm. and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, mm -hmm. and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because mm -hmm. of unbelief. Uh -huh. Again, he limited the certain day. Saying today, mm -hmm. today after so long a time, mm -hmm. as it is said, uh -huh. today if you will hear his voice, mm -hmm. harden not your, your hearts. Heart. Right. Listen to the law. Mm -hmm. But now, skip down to verse 11. Go ahead. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that breath. Well, you're going to labor. You got to do some words, don't you? Yes, word. Labor. How do you, you, you labor? You keep it. Mm -hmm. You 
keep the Sabbath day, you right. keep the, the, the Passover, you keep unleavened bread, you keep Pentecost, you keep prophets, you keep tabernacles, you keep the day of And it's liberty. Those are the Sabbaths. Right. Let me just give labor. Let me come to that rest. Okay. Okay. The reason why you guys don't want to do the Passover is because you want to do the Last Supper. Because that would require you to do the works of circumcision. So, you don't want to do the Passover. Because the Passover law says that you must be circumcised in order to take the Passover. So that's why the Gentiles didn't have to be uh, circumcised right away. Because if you have to take the Passover, you know you're going to have to do the second time. Alright. Just to, so, what we pretty much, at this point right now, it's actually been the hour, so it's pretty much where the debate is finished. But one thing that I've observed throughout this time is that both camps are actually where we can be able to see that you're all in your direction, and we're in our direction. And it kind of seemed as if, as Jose said, we were talking past each other more but, times. But let, me say, let me say this real quick. I, I really appreciate you guys coming back and everything. And it seems like to me that some things are not even debatable. When it comes to works and faith, we on y'all don't realize how much we on the same page with you have to keep the works of the law with the faith. It's not where it's just works for us. And that's what I think was a misconception for us is that it's just the works of the law. No sir, it's it's faith it's with just the works. Yeah. So if we want to debate some other time, so I mean y'all what I seen what I seen was one of the main points that was being brought up today. We said it was going to be based upon the law for today. But there are laws that we are pretty much saying that, okay, you know what, we keep these certain laws. What laws do you all keep and what laws do you all say, okay, you know what, it was nailed to the cross. So if, I, if we were to have another debate, I would think that that topic yeah, would need to be that in particular so that we can be able to at least be up on the same page. Because the point that you all were bringing up was the 613 laws. And the point that we were pretty much bringing up is just simply when it comes down to the sacrificial law that was nailed to the cross, the ten that we keep, and of course the law of Moses and the law of Jesus that was pretty much given to us that was already pretty much started from the beginning and that's already within our essence that we need to keep all throughout. And the Sabbath even being in its own, of course you all made the point that the Sabbath is. We're in the same, God is in the same Sabbath throughout this whole time. It's where that's going to continue to go on for a thousand years. Can we agree upon that? Yeah. But when it comes down to it, what we are pretty much doing is we're going based off of what he said going within the generations after generations. Throughout your generations, you're going to keep this day. Okay, so okay, okay, but let, 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 let's just do this. I would like to end with uh, reading one set of scriptures to you guys, and then you guys can read with one set of scriptures to us, and then we'll just call Okay, but I just want to clear up one thing. Can we, give five? Well, we can give three minutes for that. Then. Let's just do three minutes. Three, three minutes. minutes. Three minutes. I might not use the whole three, but I just want to read one thing. I'll come up with something. <laughs> you, can, you can use three minutes. Long if you want to finish it. Like if you don't want to use the four. Okay, I'll just If we finish before, if we finish before the people, then you guys know you guys are jumping. Okay, I just want to go to uh, hey, I want to go to, to uh, Acts 15 because it did come up in the debate. Uh, oh, 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 oh. So, are we ready? Yeah, yeah. Acts 15. Because uh, this is what happened because people think that the, the Gentiles only have to keep a certain amount of laws and Israel has to keep all these laws, but all the laws apply to everybody. And I just want to prove that before you guys leave. So let's go to Acts 15 and pick it up at verse 19. Okay, go ahead. Wherefore my sentence is, mm -hmm. that we trouble not them, mm -hmm. which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. Uh -huh. But that we write unto them mm -hmm. that they abstain from pollutions of idols, uh -huh. and from fornication, mm -hmm. and from things strangled, and from blood. So now those are the four precepts that, that, that 
Peter and James all agreed that the Gentiles should keep. But that does not mean that they weren't supposed to keep all the law because the next scripture is the one that binds everybody to keep all the commandments. Okay, go ahead. For Moses of old time hath in every city. Wait a minute, he hath in what? Every city. Go ahead. Them that preach him. Uh -huh. Being read in the synagogues uh -huh. every Sabbath day. Being read where? In the synagogues every Sabbath. So it was a point to just show you that as long as we don't put too much on them, as long as they show up every Sabbath day, they will hear the laws of Moses, which are preached every Sabbath day in the synagogue. Don't throw it so, all So what I'm saying is it was, it was put there so it would not burden you to come into all the laws at one time, but that you would gradually grow and hear the words and the commandments and the laws and statutes and follow those and get into the kingdom. That's all I want to add. Okay, I got to add a little bit to that. Okay, preach. I want to make sure this is clear. I, I think it's in, Matthew, it's in Matthew 28 or it might be in Luke. But there is one sign given unto mankind. One sign given unto mankind. And the Lord said, An adulterous generation seek of after the sign. But there should be one sign given them. And that sign is that Jonah will be in the, uh, the sign, that the Lord will be in the grave three days and three nights. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So, I need your count. I need to understand where you get your three days and three nights from. Because when I do Good Friday... No, 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 I'm just going to read it out. Let me finish. When you do Good Friday, I'll give you Good Friday morning. I'll give you Good Friday, Saturday morning. But I can't give you Sunday morning. So that's two days you have so far. I'll give you Friday night. I'll give you Saturday night. But I cannot give you Sunday night because he rose Easter Sunday morning. Let's not get too far off subject. When it comes down to it, now y'all have three minutes in there. I'm going to stick with the scripture. Let me just say this. Y'all, because you had a lot to say as a moderator. So we got to stop the interrupting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he gives me six minutes, I'll answer your question. It sounds like an older gentleman wanted to do an school debate. Which is more open? We're okay yeah, with that too. It's just as long as we all get the same time. I'm not saying that to the age they can't keep the younger style of the Facebook quick stuff like this. But I don't mind just going back and forth for the next one. Just want to let them know. But it's hard when they keep. That's like three questions. We don't. We don't get to respond to the last five minutes. So now with that said, I'm only going to go scripture. If he wants to answer the question, then you're the moderator. You give me three minutes. We're going party. Do you want him to answer the question? Yeah, but let me answer. First, I want to go my script. Go ahead and answer. Go, go. So, okay. Mr. Drew's script is just the one. He answered to take a seat. So, Joe, you can see it. Let's do it. We're done. 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 We're that doesn't mean that the Gentiles are not obligated to keep the rest of the law, but they have to do it in increment, increments. Not according to Paul in Galatians 2, 1 of 3. What does he say to Titus, a Gentile? When the Jews said, hey, you Gentile, you need to get circumcised and keep the law for justification. Read Galatians 2, 1 of 3. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them the gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Then neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. So I guess they misunderstood the council Acts 15, because 14 years later, Titus says, no way, Jose, I ain't getting circumcised. Why? Because of verse 16. Are you justified? Verse 16. Verse 16. 
Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law. Say what? Not. Say it again. Go ahead. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now let's go to Hebrews 4, 11 to see what the laboring is then to the rest. Because you said labor presupposes work. No, read it. You labor by faith. By faith you enter the rest. And it was right there in verse 2. Hebrews 4, verses 1 and 2. Read it for us. Verse 1 and 2. Yep. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being left us a left us of the entry into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not be mixed with faith in them that heard it. So they didn't have faith, that's why they didn't profit them, right? Now read 5 and 6. 5 and 6. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore and remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not, and because of unbelief. So why did they enter the rest? Because they failed to keep the law? No, because they failed to have true faith. So how do we enter? By faith and faith in Christ alone. That's the context of Hebrews 4, verses 1 to 11. Now let's go to Colossians 2, 16 to 17 and finish it. You talked about Sabbaths, plural, and the reason why Israel had plural Sabbaths, because unlike God, they had to repeat the Sabbath day and the yearly Sabbath. God doesn't have to. It started and it continues to the end of the age. But for the life of me, I would like to know if any of you keep the yearly Sabbath, the seventh year Sabbath rest. If so, do you stop working? Do you stop washing your cars? Do you stop fixing your house? Because there's also a Sabbath year, not just a Sabbath day. So I want to know if you keep that. Now go to Colossians 2, 16 to 17. Time. Time. He said it's time. Bam! So just so we're clear, just so we're clear. This was not designed to convert anybody or anything like that. If you are searching out there, this is for whatever makes sense to you. That's what you can be able to find and just go from there. So I thank both camps for being able to do everything. All right.